Okay, welcome to part two of our study on um, the Tower of Babel and what happened. If you haven't seen it yet, check out part one, link up here first, um, and then we'll come back straight to part two. In part two, what we're going to dive into is some more Old Testament continuation of the Tower of Babel and why it's important. Remember, we're leading up to the New Testament and our mission. Um, in addition to that, we're going to look at some text criticism, which sounds boring, but it is super interesting. And we're actually going to look at the Masoretic text, what it is and why it's important for this. So jump in. Remember to hit like, subscribe and to share this um, so that you get the continued um, notifications of when we do the follow ups, um, as well as, um, you know, so that, you know, more people can see the channel. So thank you. Like, subscribe, hit the thumbs up. Here we go. They were trying to constrain God and say, hey, God, Yahweh, come down here. So how does God respond? Verse five, but Yah, the Lord, and again, this is one of these study tips that we spoke about. Anytime you see Lord in the Bible, in an in a English translation of the Bible, capitalized, that word there was Yahweh. So some translations translated as Yahweh, some put Lord and put the capital L. So you know, that's they're talking about Yahweh there. But Yahweh came down to, and if you don't believe me, as a matter of fact, let's do this. Let's highlight Lord. Oops, sorry. Go back here. Let's highlight Lord. Change the color, right? And let's, one of the features of Lagos, if I, select something like this you know well i don't need to select it if i'm in a bible and i just clicked somewhere where there's no text if i hit left and right now it will cycle through all the versions of the bible i have so this is a study tip to grasp what the translators were saying and we'll talk more about translations in a minute you need to see what the other translations is so here we see um, genesis in the lexham english bible then Yahweh came down. So you see there, they interpreted it as Yahweh rather than Lord. Let's look at another version, the ESV. ESV says, and the Lord came down. What does King James say? King James says, the Lord came down. What does um, NIV says? NIV says, the Lord came down. But you notice that cons it's consistently Lord with a capital L. Um, next one, um, this is Greek. Um, let's, sorry, he, um, Hebrew, my bad. Let's see if I got any more. NLT, the Lord came down. So we see we have various versions of the Lord coming down. Let's go back to net, because I like the net translation. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people had started building. So one thing there is they thought they were building something super high, but God had to still come down. And I need you to catch a detail here. And the Lord said... So the Lord here came down to see the city and the tower that the people had started building. And the Lord said, if as one people all sharing a common language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be beyond them, will be beyond them. 
Come, let's go down. Something's weird with this sentence, and this is why you have to pay attention to the details in Scripture. The Lord already is down. So in verse 5, it says, but the Lord came down. In verse 7, he's saying, come, let's go down. What's happening there? Yahweh is calling to someone that's above, and I don't mean higher like superiority, but I mean he came down, he saw what's up, and now he's calling to the sons of God, his divine counsel, and saying, hey, come down, guys. This is what we're going to do. Let's. So it's obviously, you know, a group of people he's speaking to go down and confuse their language so they won't be able to understand each other. So the Lord, notice the Lord does it. He called others to, to come with him to, to, to assign this task. But the Lord scattered them from there across the face of the entire earth um, and they stopped building the city. That's why it's called Babel. So we see here the Lord and some other group I'm telling you right now, it's the sons of God, and I'll explain you why we get there later, um, came down and the Lord scattered them across the face of the earth. Why? Because he had said, I need you to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. They were being rebellious, so he says, all right, I'm going to now um, spread you across the earth. But one day we'll talk about the details and nuance of what this really means, the why is God even saying to spread them, but for now, you can see in the text, he spreads them. Let's go to the next one, New Living Translation. And this is the part of the, the, the Tower of Babel account that is very, very, very often um, missed. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 32. It's the same thing. It says, when the Most High assigned the lands to the nations, when he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the people according to the number in his heavenly court. Super, 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 super interesting. In his heavenly court. So it's very obvious in reading this, we're talking about the same thing. When did he divide up the people in lands? He did that here. So the Lord scattered them from there across the face of the entire earth. Come, let us go down and confuse their language. Who was he speaking to? Deuteronomy 32 gives us the rest of the story. When the Most High, the Lord, assigned the lands to the nations, when he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the peoples according to the number in his heavenly court. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. So what's happening here is Yahweh says, listen, you guys have been rebellious again. So I'm going to have to put distance between me because I'm holy and I, I, I can't have rebellion around me. So I'm going to hand you off, reappropriate you to my heavenly court, the sons of God. And let me see if I can delve a little deeper into that. The net version of this same thing explains it, uh, just a different reading. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, he divided up mankind and set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the heavenly assembly. For the Lord's allotment is his people, Jacob, and that is his special possession. And what I want you to do, the Net Bible has this interesting feature where you can look at, hover over a note, and you can actually see that. Hebrew, and this is TC, which is translator's comment. And that's why I like the Net Bible, because it gives you, hey, this is why the translators 
translated it this way. And we can see Hebrew, the sons of Israel, the idea perhaps is that Israel is central to Yahweh's purposes. Um, so that's why they call them the, instead of the heavenly assembly. NLT actually gives an even better explanation. So we have some calling it the heavenly court. We have some, and let's do the same um, jump through that we've done before uh, with different versions. We have some calling it the heavenly assembly. We have some calling it um, fix the bond, um, sons of humankind according to the sons of God. We see that there. That's what Lexus, Lexum English Bible says. We have some, sorry, um, and all I'm hitting is the right key each time. Fix the borders according to the sons of God. That's what the ESV says. Um, we have some here, fix the border, uh, and this is the King James Version, according to the children of Israel. Now that's vastly different. Why the vast difference? And I'll explain you why right now. And one of the notes explains it absolutely perfectly. So the Net Bible, according to the number of the Heavenly Assembly, let's look at the notes. The, the Hebrew, the sons of uh, Israel, the idea perhaps is that Israel was central to Yahweh's purposes and all other nations were arranged and distributed according to how they related to Israel. Um, so that's one um, you know, take on it. Let's look at the heavenly court here. We see it very clearly. 32.8, and if I click on it, it stays there. As in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which read the number of the sons of God, and the Greek version, which reads the number of the angels of God, the Masoretic text reads the number of the sons of Israel. So there's different versions there, and they're referring to these weird texts. Why? Why the differences? And why should we choose one over the other? Because it's vastly different if we say the sons of Israel, because those are human judges, versus the sons of the heavenly, you know, the heavenly, the sons of God. What's the difference? Let's dive into that right now. This will be study tip number two. So we have a couple of things here. And this is where um, Logos becomes very interesting because you can click right here and this says open up fact book. And I can say fact book to Masoretic text. And we read here, as a matter of fact, let me make it just a smidge larger. So now we're doing contextual study. We saw a note over in the NLT and we saw the note refers to the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Masoretic text. So we need to find out what that is. So we go to our fact book, which is a feature of Lagos, and we open the fact book to, and we'll start with the Masoretic text. And it says, it, and what the fact book does is it pulls together all of the data that you have in your library that mentions Masoretic text. And the first key article Masoretic text comes from the Lexham Bible Dictionary. If you remember, I said the free version will have that built into it. So you'll get this reference. You'll be able to you know, pull, pull this up on most topics in the Bible. And it says the Masoretic text, the traditional Hebrew text behind most modern translations of the Old Testament. A group of manuscripts known as the Masoretic text developed over an extended period of time beginning in the second century AD and received its final form in the 10th century AD um, under Ben Asher, etc. It is currently best represented in the Leningrad Codex, which is in, you know, a bunch of German scholars that came up with this. They did a lot of study in the Bible. Now, um, very interesting note here. This was codified, written, translated 
and pulled together all the loose pieces of text that they had, et cetera, et cetera. They did that when 200 years, well, starting 200 years after Jesus walked the earth. So that's thousands of years after this stuff was originally written down and they completed it um, a thousand years. So, you know, the 10th century after Jesus. So this is quote unquote, relatively new. So when we see in the NLT that in the Dead Sea Scrolls reads the sons of God, the Greek version reads the angels of God, and the Masoretic text reads the number of the sons of Israel. When we read the Masoretic text, we understand, okay, they came up with that number of the sons of Israel in the year 1000 after Christ. So that was part two. Um, hope this was a blessing to you. Tune in again for the continuation. Again, remember to hit like, a little thumbs up arrow on uh, the thumbs up thing on YouTube. Subscribe so that you get notified when we do the next part. And um, I'll see you again soon.